Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. Longevity is so undervalued these days. And when you think about the conversations we're about to have with these two fantastic community-involved people, 26 and 21 years with the same organization. It's pretty fantastic. And like you said, it is definitely overlooked a lot of times or the people don't think it's that valuable. And I totally disagree because the the impact that these women have had on the lives of thousands of other women over that time frame is impressive. Right. And the fact that they're just, they still sing the song. They still follow that cause, that mission. And you can see it in their eyes when you're having conversation with them. It's, it's inspiring. They are fantastic. Take a listen. Welcome everyone to another episode of HR in the Car. We're here today with Elizabeth Miller Guthier and Marge Adams from the Women's Employment Resource Center here in Albany. And so we're real thrilled to talk to them about their stories and share a few of their anecdotes in our industry. So welcome Beth and Marge. Thank you. Thank you. We always like to start off with more of a how do you introduce yourself, not from a work standpoint, uh, work, get it, W-E-R-C. But <laughs> That's why it's a, our name. Right. <laughs> when, when you go to like a, a friend's gathering or a barbecue, how do you tell people what you do? And, and Beth, we'll let you go first. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's a blended career with, uh, you know, with work and family. So when I go to a barbecue, I introduce myself as the executive director of the Women's Employment and Resource Center, also known as WORK, and I share with them that we help women that are in transition return to the workplace. I always find it doesn't matter where I am that somebody knows of someone that could use our services, an employer that could hire one of our graduates, or somebody who's really excited about volunteering and giving back to the community. That's beautiful. Does yours sound pretty similar, Marge? Yes. I'm the employment and training coordinator. And certainly when I introduce myself, it's really just to let people know how much we help women in the community. And that's always my focus. Yeah. And then her second focus would be a New York Giants football fan. Well, that would be absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you see if you see Marge on like a video screen, her entire office behind her is, I wonder if Marge is a Giants fan. And you just see this stuff everywhere and you're like, Yeah, Marge is definitely a Giants fan. So Marge, talk to us a little bit about the trends in the industry right now. Obviously everybody's talking about there's not enough people or people don't want to work anymore and so talk to us what you're seeing in terms of employers that you're working with, the graduates that you're helping, et cetera. Sure. I think, you know, a lot of the trends have changed the last couple of years because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID-19, there were about 3 million women that had to step yeah. out of the job market. That certainly has had a huge effect on just being able to go to work, being able to know that the school is going to stay open. You know, the school is open, the school is not open. You have to homeschool. No, you don't have to homeschool. I think we're at a point now that the school's 
seem like they're going to stay open. Knock uh, on I think wood. That's, if I was allowed it, to knock on wood right now, exactly. I would. <laughs> uh, and, and that's great. Uh, but I think still there is a lot of concern out there with some of our students and women in general that let's make sure they're going to stay open because childcare is an issue and it became a bigger issue during COVID-19 as well. One of the things that we do best at work is we really help people individually. So we'll figure out what works best for them literally. However, you know, as I said, with COVID-19, it, it has definitely made a difference with employers being able to get people as ready to go to work. And we're here to certainly help with that. I don't think it's because people don't want to work. I think it's because people have just been it's been a whirlwind absolutely. the last two years. Absolutely. And, so. uh, you know, a side note on that, what I usually tell people is it's not that they don't want to work. They just might not want to work for your company. Um, and usually that has to do with flexibility or rigid scheduling or specific demands and those types of things. And, and you're right. We've seen a huge impact on women in the workforce since COVID. And I just think it's going to continue. So can you guys talk a little bit about the programming that you put students through or the different trainings that you might be able to provide that employers would be interested to know about to say, hey, wait a minute, I would hire a student with that type of background or that type of training or retraining. Well, I'll start just a, a little further explanation about the women that we serve. Yep. They're displaced homemakers, so they've been out of the workforce for a period of time. And through separation, divorce, widowed, maybe their husband's not working, they're single mothers. Uh, we're also working with women who leave the workforce to take care of an elderly parent. Yep. And they need to return to the workplace. Um, the average age is between 35 and 55, so they're a mature individual. They really have an understanding of what they're capable of doing, as well as a wonderful work ethic. And they really want to be successful. They want the company that employs them to be successful. So they will do whatever it takes. And part of that is when they come through our program, they're not paid to come through our program. They're doing it on their own. And it's a career readiness training, computer literacy training. And then we also have an employer network where we're trying to help them to, to find employees employees and our women to find jobs. And Marge, I'll pass it to you to talk a little further about the training. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's the training expert. Yeah. Certainly uh, helping with the resumes is always number one. A lot of students still need cover letters, so they're always looking for training in that and to kind of update their writing skills in general, because frankly, if they've been out of the job market for five to 10 years, they're not used to using the computer as much. They're not used to having to write maybe those business letters as much. Yeah. So we're able to provide that training to get them back in the mode. And I think the other big thing is just getting them back on a schedule. I've had so many students over the years say that that was one of the biggest helpful things for them is they get used to coming to the classes, getting dressed up again, arriving on time, being with another network of women that mm -hmm. are interested in restarting their careers and it just gives them really the momentum and the confidence to continue on beyond the training. And that's what I was, I'm so sorry, Tom. I'm like totally taking over the conversation. You go <laughs> right, nope, you go so right fine. ahead. You're so fine. What I was going to that that phrase about confidence is really what jumps out because so many, and we see this with a lot of job seekers that we speak to and our recruiters speak to is that folks underestimate uh, what they're capable of more so, and this is a gender thing, largely, you know, that we know there's stats around men will apply for anything under the sun. While <laughs> I can women, do that. Right? Exactly. I can do it. Why can couldn't do it. I do that? Whereas women have to have this really high or almost 
perfect match to what they're applying for. And the confidence applies in very similar fashion. And I know I've done some, uh, I've come down to help with some classes. This was eons ago, so I need to come back to it. Uh, reminder, knock on wood, yes, I'm, I've just always volunteered for back. something. Absolutely. But having those conversations to get them confident in themselves and knowing, yeah, you can. You know, you have this capability. And I'm, I, it's got to be super fulfilling to see that come to light with each of the classes that come through for you. Absolutely. And again, knowing that they're confident and really learning the job market is a lot of what we do as well. I mean, if you think about it, you know, if you haven't been working for a while and someone came and said, tell me, you know, 20 companies in the capital region, you might not know 20 companies yeah. in the capital region you could go to work for because it's not really on your radar. It's not like they're following the labor market like we're following the labor mm. market. Mm -hmm. So even just having that time to really research and think about what company they want to work for and really what type of job they want. And we help them with that as well. Yeah, the transferring of the skills, something that they've done maybe as a volunteer or as a mom, you know, they could have been um, running the PTA or, you know, taking, uh, you know, director of a church choir. They don't realize that those are tangible skills and very marketable. And so we, you know, we share that with them and then we make sure that we put those skills on the resume so the employers see that as well. And I do know that you have situations in which somebody did have work experience before for whatever reason they left the real work environment. And so, you know, pulling on that past experience as well. So we're, we're not talking about individuals who have no skills. We're just talking about basically making sure they understand how they're translatable and transferable, correct? Yeah, and how they can market themselves, you know. Yeah, how, that's you a know, big I thing. tell them I we have the easiest job. We can market them to the employers because we know what they have. We see that in the classroom. And so, you know, for the employers, we can also be a reference. You know, we can we're very honest and we have a great reputation and many of our women are hired by um, by the direct Connection with the employers. However, you know, we're going to tell it like it is and we're going to say, you know, maybe she needs help with punctuality or maybe she needs a job that's a little bit more flexible. So, you know, we want the employers to be successful, but we really want our women to be as well. So we're not going to set them up to fail. Absolutely. It's a great cause. I'm, it strikes me that for as long as I've known the both of you, you've been with work. I know. I don't I know you as any this, other identity. Any other identity. No, nope, that's true. How did you get true. started? How did you both get started there? How, what drew, obviously it's a passion, it's a cause, it's mission-based, but how did you get started? I actually saw an ad in the newspaper. <laughs> I was working in banking for 12 years. No way, and I never knew that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I worked for HSBC Bank. Uh, <laughs> and Midland. Marie Midland, you got it. And I, I enjoyed the job. I actually had worked on a lot of conversion trainings with them when we were buying out other banks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, sure. you know, unfortunately, because of that, they had some restructuring in HR and training. And that's how I ended up looking for something else. I read the ad in the paper about WERC and thought, this is different, but kind of looks like something I'd be interested in. I went in and actually I met with Beth as well as the other staff at the center and we clicked and 
the rest it's is history. history. I've been there for 21 years. I was just about <laughs> to ask how long. And Beth, how long have you been there? I've been there 26 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How did you yeah. get involved with them? So I love sharing my story because I also share it with the women that I was a displaced homemaker in 1995. I was a district trainer and I was, I was the manager of a linen company and they had closed and they offered me to relocate back out to Boston. And I said, no, I'm going to stay here. And so one of the things that I was missing was the computer literacy. Mm, mm -hmm. And it was just starting. So now think 27 years ago. This is, you know, quite a, 26 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was uh, WordPerfect at the time. Yep, that's what I learned in high school. That was my first original program, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I started taking the classes and I actually had put my son in daycare, single mom. So I did qualify. He was three years old at the time. He is now going to be 30, oh, which is wow. amazing. <laughs> we were talking about him the other day too. Yeah. And... Um, so I went through the program and then I started a staffing service. And, Look and for staffing services. I know. <laughs> Just saying. It was great because I wanted to see what were the employers hiring and I had been at my career for 12 years. I didn't know what was out there. You know, this was a new area for me to look for work. And so it was great. But what I did is I would interview the graduates of the Albany Displaced Homemaker Program. Mm. And so six months later, when there was an opening, Pat McLean called me and said, I want you to come work for me. And um, it has just been fabulous ever since. So we're a nonprofit and um, we're able to monitor modify our trainings really based on what the women need. So we saw during COVID that we really needed to take our training virtual. Yep. So we reached out to one of our huge supporters, Kathleen Pengelski with MicroKnowledge, and they have a Knowledge Wave uh, subscription that allows our women, there's more than 2,000 different webinars and classes that they can take, little tidbits, they can find out tips and tricks on the different uh, software. And so we have the subscription and we are able to put our women through that virtual training. We're not going to stop. It has been such a blessing for us. Wow. And we're really able to expand our services to more women and women that can't reach our center. So that's exciting. So we're able to help more women in need and also reach a greater area. That's fantastic. So one of the things we like to get into, we bring our questions of the week that we ask our general audiences on all our channels. One of the recent questions that we had was, how are you using training and development as a recruiting and retention tool? Some do, some don't, some are sort of, eh. But from your realm, being on that training side, how are you seeing that impact? How are you seeing employers react to leveraging that? Or what's your take on that type of question? Because most, the answers were pretty well split. You know, some said that they're, the way that they've always done it, that was about 20% of the answers. Some were using it a little bit more, that was 40%. And the other piece was not at all, which was to me shocking. I mean, yeah, you have I was a great surprised in that arsenal too. arsenal of things to advertise. How can you not talk about these things? One of the things that we're most proud of is that we hire our graduates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the training and development piece that we are teaching our women, we, we incorporate in our, own, in our own organization. It's very important. We talk about goals. You know, we set goals for the organization as well as goals for the employees. You know, it has to be professional goals, but then also personal goals. You know, what is it that they want to achieve on a personal level that work can help them do that? It's a career 
career of passion. You know, we love what we do. We love helping women. And so it's really important that we empower our staff and our women and, and the community, our volunteers as well. For me, I think, again, going back to COVID-19, it was very difficult for a lot of employers to continue with a lot of training. I mean, let's be real. Most of us were just trying to survive the week yep. <laughs> when we the had day. to all. <laughs> yeah, the day. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, giving a little a little slack to the companies that did step away from, from training, I see it coming back now. We're doing classes, you know, in person. We have been for a while. As Beth mentioned, we're still doing a blend. That way we can reach every everyone. But I think a lot of companies are recognizing, okay, we've got to get back to some of those grassroots of training and development. And now that companies are bringing staff back into the offices more, online training is great. But in the end, I really think for new employees, and I know I hear that from our own students as well, when they're starting a job, that onboarding process, the initial training is a lot easier on them when they can be in person. Absolutely, um, It can be overwhelming to be onboarded and also do all the training from Online. You know, a yeah. remote yeah. status. feel like yeah. you're on an island. Like yeah. there's nobody here to yeah. talk to. I'm alone. I have a question. I don't want to bother anybody. Nobody's watching. Like I, I can't imagine how much solitude that feels like, so especially I, for extroverts. Yeah. Exactly. So again, I think the hybrid, you know, that a lot of companies are doing now will allow for more of that in-person training, which I think will help others. That's awesome. So I'm going to uh, go off script. Um, and I, I, I just got that look like, what do you mean you're going off script? But I'm curious if, if, if it comes to mind quickly for you, is there a story of a woman that you've worked with and without giving a lot of, you know, really specific this person's name and address and telephone number, but is there any like specific student or a story about a woman that you always remember that just gives you that satisfaction or that pride of we're doing really good work for people? And this, you know, this is one of the examples of it. There's so many. There's thousands. I know, I know. We we just hit, since we opened our center in 1988, we have served more than 10,000 women. Oh, God. And I think about my time there. It's it's like six, seven thousand women. And I always say, you know, I I may not remember their name, but I never forget a face. It's wonderful to just meet them in the the grocery stores and, you know, out out for walks and, uh, you know. My husband will say, everywhere we go, we, we know somebody, you know somebody, it doesn't matter. But yeah, we've got some amazing stories. And I think, you know, it speaks to, we just recently moved our Albany Center and we moved with the Department of Labor and there's some other businesses in there as well. And what's kind of nice and is literally within walking distance of my new office on the same floor, we have two work students in that building now. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) So so as Beth said, you know, we could talk about an individual story, but at the same token, there's just so many different stories through the years. A lot of the women that we work with will stay in a job for a very long time. Not uncommon, you know, 10 years later, we're connecting with them and they're still at the same Same, company. They've advanced. Or if they do move to another company, it usually is for another opportunity or advancement. But they're very loyal. They appreciate the fact that the employer has given them that opportunity. So they're not exactly likely to leave on a whim. So that's great too. 
Yeah, and when we have our events, we have a first impression, second chances event, which thank you, uh, Mary, for uh, sponsoring. <laughs> Always My sponsoring pleasure. My pleasure. I love, love you guys. It. We love it. <laughs> and we'll have uh, 15 to 20 of our graduates there uh, sharing their stories. They love to share their story because they know that they're going to be helping another woman in need. It's interesting you said that because it's very scary to get up in front of a room of strangers. And we're not talking a room of 50 people. We're talking a room of several hundred. I mean, I've seen in as much as 500 plus in this ballroom that you bring in. And um, and to have someone come up and tell their story, it's always so amazing. And I've always been so impressed with women that get up and tell their story, not just that they're telling their story, but the poise and the professionalism and just, you know, the confidence that they are, they are showing. And oftentimes they say it's because they wouldn't be where they were without going through the work program and having you wonderful ladies to help them out. We support them in whatever they're looking for. You know, we, we, we open our doors to anyone in need that, have lo- that has lost their source of support. And we really take a look at their goals and their background, their education. And, you know, we try to help them to find what's going to be a good fit. But we're there to support them all through the whole journey and afterwards as well, even after they find employment. Uh, we're very excited that we're starting a mentorship program. Oh, great. And that's a fantastic that's idea. For, and that's for our alumni. You know, the ones that are, have graduated and are looking at moving up the ladder or just to, you know, to continue to build their network. And uh, Hope DeRosia is the is the chair of our program development committee, another wonderful volunteer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marie Schnitzer, and she is she's co-chairing that. And we're very excited to, to launch some uh, panel discussions to kind of what is mentoring and what's it like to be a mentee? And then how can I then move into a mentor's position. And so it's very exciting. We now have 16 women that are interested in uh, participating. That's amazing. So if I were an employer and I wanted to get involved and learn more about the program, learn more about the students that you're working with, how would an employer get involved? How can they get involved? Or just... How can they learn more about your students at a minimum? Well, usually I would hand them Marge's business card. So I'll just give, I'll just give her the mic. Uh, number one, we have a lot of employers in the area that share their job descriptions with us. We have a job board in our training center, and I know the students always flock to that every time they come in. They like to see the different employers' information. Actually, there was a mini job fair at our location with Department of labor earlier this week. So after I talk to those employers, I'm going to hang those flyers, hang those job leads, and we're going to share that information with our students. So certainly sending it via email, connecting with me at job fairs. As you guys both know, I'm at most of the job fairs. You're everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> and certainly uh, they can call us or, or email information to us. But I think just, again, you, you have women that if they haven't worked for even a year, sometimes they just don't know what's out there or where to go and where to look. So just having the different companies' names, the different job descriptions really gives them a good opportunity to see what can I do? That's you know, one of the what things do I that want people to do? talk about is the accessibility. Like I know you guys have always been super accessible, responsive to things out there in front of people. I think that's one of the things job seekers in general, in addition to your students, feel like, I can't believe these folks are so nice and they want to help me. 
they're just so used to hitting roadblock after, after roadblock road after roadblock. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you're not familiar, definitely we're going to have your website link in our show notes so folks who are listening can see that right there. But by all means, reach out by phone, by email, by LinkedIn. You're going to get mm-hmm. a response. Absolutely. You you. will definitely get a response. So in closing, we usually like to wrap it up with something a little bit lighter. And sometimes we talk about volunteer work and we can certainly talk about that with volunteer work outside of work, but I want to keep the spotlight on work. So I'm more curious outside of work, you know, do you, do you like to read? Do you, you know, stay on top of any great HR articles or books or business books, or maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's the best fiction book you read more recently, something like that? Well, I am a Cub Scout leader. And oh my gosh, I, that's amazing, <laughs> Beth. I didn't know that. I've been a Cub Scout leader for 21 years. My son is an Eagle Scout. Our Cub Pack is in Albany. We have families coming as far, we have a family that's coming from uh, Cobleskill. Wow. That, that comes to our pack. So we, it's a family pack. So we have girls and boys and I run it with my brother. And it's amazing to just see the character building and just to enlighten the, the children as to how they can help others and how they can be community-minded. And then we also have fun. We, you know, we camp and we hike and we do winter fests. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun. That's wonderful. And I do Thank think you. it's a great foundation for young men and women to, you know, be able to see like the, you're setting them on the right path by example. So I think that's wonderful. How about you, Marge? Well, a lot of my volunteer time, as you both know, because I think that's how I met both of you originally, (laughs) is with the Capital Region Human Resource Association. And when you talk about articles and keeping up with the labor market and what's going on in HR, I'm a big sherm. I read everything they put out. I think, you know, you can never go wrong with that information. And we really need that information when we're working in HR or in training. And I love volunteering with CRHRA. I've been helping out at the job fairs and helping out with their workforce readiness committee probably for well over 10 years now, <laughs> uh, longer than that. Yep. Sounds and, like a chair in the making. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink, uh, yeah, I actually served on the board mm-hmm. with, uh, with Miriam yep. of CRHRA. So I just think that it's a great organization. And frankly, I can truly say as I sit here that I have made so many friends through CRHRA, long-term friends. So I think it's a great network and a a great way to connect. Absolutely. And I want to add to that too, also volunteering with work. We've seen through the years, you know, Kathleen has brought her children. Mm -hmm. My son has been involved. Um, You know, my husband's always involved. But Denise Horan, she, you know, her her daughter Kate Mm -hmm. volunteered with us for years and Willie Miranda. And it's really, it's a great opportunity to show our kids how to provide a service for others and how to help other people. And then through our our network of volunteers too, they themselves, they network for employment. Mm -hmm. And many of them have switched jobs and they've gone to a company because the committee member sitting next to them, you know, has an opening and they start talking and boom, (laughs) there we go. So it's it's really exciting. We have more than 50 volunteers that help, help us to achieve our mission. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And I'm sure you could use more. We can always use more. Yes. Yes. So if you want to volunteer, they will definitely find a spot for you in some way, shape or form. And the more knowledge and the more expertise, the better so that they can 
provide even more services and guidance to their students. So Beth, Marge, I just want to personally thank you for joining us today. I love you guys. Obviously, you know how much I love you guys. I'm looking forward to the next event. Please, please, please keep up the great work. It's You are a gem in our community. And um, there's a lot, a lot of women out there that I know are grateful for all the work that you've done. And I know personally, I'm grateful for everything that you've done in this community. So thank you. Oh, thank you. We, you know, we don't do it alone. It, it does take a village and it's a community organization. And it just chokes me up to yeah. just think <laughs> that, you know, of all the help that we get between sponsorship and um, just getting our name out there. You know, so many people say, I, don't, I didn't know anything about you or, you know, my mother could have used your program. Mm-hmm. And so um, all of these uh, different platforms really help us to get the word out there. And we know that somebody's going to be listening and say, I know someone that could use your program. So Absolutely. make sure Absolutely. they contact us. And I'll just chime in the same. Thank you for your support. Thank you for a lot support and we've appreciated it all through the years and also just you know you're always at our events you always go over and introduce yourself to our students and speak with them and and that's great and they appreciate it and you've always been there to help with uh, mock interviews or if we want to send somebody to your agency just to get some practice and that means a lot so thank you well we're here for you and we'll keep doing it because we love you guys thank you thank you I love it when you get to listen to folks who are reinforcing the same things that we think and when they're mentioning other, even guests of ours, like Marge and Beth both referencing Denise Horan, who was here, and... Kathleen Pingelski for Microknowledge and setting up that virtual training for the women. Absolutely. Again, it talks about how this community as a whole comes together, supports one another, and we do really great work. And they are fantastic community advocates. And, you know, I wanted them to tell a story, like a great story about one of the women, but they they couldn't pick one of their favorites. They have no favorites because they just, they love that they are able to bring so much and um, provide so much to both employers in the region, but also these great women that they're helping out. Right. For those of you, just for reinforcement, it was 10 thousand women. 10,000. Yep. Fantastic. Absolutely. You know, and I loved hearing how, you know, Beth talked about she's been with scouting for a couple of decades and, and it's amazing how you find little connection threads. So it's just it's such a small world. Absolutely. So thanks for listening to another great episode of HR in the Car. We look forward to chatting with you next time. 